Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Harish Kumar, and I literally just found out seconds ago that as of January of 2023, Harish is now a full-time content creator. So first off, let's all give him a big round of applause for jumping the corporate life. Welcome. Harish, you were introduced to me through my daughter, probably through our social media channels that I never am allowed to look at. So what little I know about you is you're a photographer. And when we talked previously, you indicated that you were primarily a self-taught photographer, right? Okay. So how, how did we get here? In other words, what I mean by that is when did, when did the photography bug hit you and, and how has that worked to the point now where you're a full-time content creator? Well, it uh, honestly it goes back quite a bit. So I'll, I'll rewind. First time I picked up a camera was 2016. Oh, so wow. what is that? Like seven years ago. Okay. Um, and I was still, uh, I was, I was at Apple at that time. I was working at Apple in retail and, and I was working 40 hours a week. So I had little to no time to go out and shoot, but the little, the two days that I had, I would always pick up my camera go out to the nearest hike and shoot some photos. And, uh, luckily I had a manager at the time. Uh, his name is Mio. Um, he is an amazing photographer. He took me on one of my first few hikes and, uh, he's still my best friend uh, this day. So it comes full circle, but, um, he kind of taught me the ropes on like, this is kind of composition, what you should be doing, shutter speed, those type of settings. Right. And, um, that kind of, uh, led me to kind of fall in love with photography and the, the realization that every single person has a different perspective on what they look through the view, the uh, viewfinder. It's mm-hmm. going to be different to everyone, how you compose it, how you edit it. Uh, that's what I fell in love with is like, I wanted a style for myself that was unique to only me. And so over the years, since 2016, I've worked really hard to make sure like when someone sees my work, wherever it is online, they say, okay, that's, that's a Harish art. Like I know what that is before I even see the name. And so that's kind of been my, my journey. Um, I've, I've uh, been with Apple for uh, almost eight years before I started full-time photography just this past January. Um, So I was still struggling to find time to go out and shoot, but anytime I could take a vacation and go out to a longer hike, I would totally do that. Take a road trip with friends um and i kept owning my my skill like little by little mm-hmm. and honestly youtube is uh the best resource ever i mean i tell people like i went to the school of youtube i didn't go to film school um i watched many people like peter mckinnon um tc neistat like those classic people on youtube yeah. that we all watched probably and yep. um just learn the basics like how to compose a shot, the rule of thirds, all of that stuff, right? And right. so slowly but surely found my way through photography. And uh, for me, the most important thing was I just kept posting when I first started, just consistently found some way to post my work. And 
get feedback from people, whatever, okay. whether it was constructive or good. I just relish that, um, that part of photography. And um, there were times when I would take months off, maybe even a year off just because I was focusing on something else in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized like, I don't feel as happy as I did when I was actually like out there clicking my camera away. So, you know, years went by and I sl- the thoughts slowly started creeping my mind. Like maybe I should do this full time because I kept getting requests like, Hey, can you work with us? Can you shoot this product for us? But I just didn't have the time really. Right. Um, so I think it was early last year, 2022, I was talking about it with my wife and I was like, Hey, I think I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you, you got my support. Just let me know when. And that's um, always so, you know, so vital that you have your partner's support is if you yeah, don't exactly. It's, okay. That's a tough conversation. So I got I got you. All right. So I got a question here. So Go okay, ahead. Yeah. I, I warned you. So here's a question. So you're working at Apple. Why weren't you using your iPhone for a camera? Everybody uses everyone, you know, everyone. I've got one here in my hand. You know, everyone uses their, their phone as a camera. You worked in the mothership of these things, right? You, you probably helped people daily with their iPhone or, you know, so what was it that drew, that drew you to, to digital photography using, you know, a a DSLR, not, not a phone. You know, Scott, it's a really good question because not until later did I realize like how powerful this phone was. So, so from 2016 to 2020, I would solely use my Canon camera on every shoot that I went to because I thought, you know, this iPhone can't take as good as quality pictures as my Canon and I'm just going to stick with this camera because I paid so much for it. I might as well use it. Yeah. There's well, there's that. And, um, until 2020 and then the pandemic hit and, um, I was thankfully allowed to stay at home for quite a while. And, um, and I started to use my iPhone more and people started to use this thing called TikTok, right. During, uh, during quarantine. So I started to post, video after video after video only shot on my iPhone. And I started to get really good feedback on that. Um, Thinking people were saying, was this taken on your Canon? Was this taken on something else? I was like, no, this is solely my phone. And that's when I realized like, that's a cliche saying, but the best camera is one you always have with you. Right. And I quickly learned that because I didn't have to lug my gear around on hikes anymore. I could just take my phone, maybe take a, a gimbal of some sort, a tripod, mm-hmm. and I'd be good to go. So I started only using iPhone from 2020 okay. till even till now. And I only pull my camera out when I need to do like talking head videos or really professional shoots. Um, and that's when my social media, I think, really grew a ton is when I start to say, Hey, I'm using only my iPhone. Um, and I was, and I was editing strictly using iPhone apps as well. Oh, okay. so, um, well, see, don't you think that makes it approachable to that person who's likes to hike or it doesn't matter what they like to do, but let's just say hike, they like to hike and they're like, wow, his photography's great, but yeah, he's using this, this, 
you know, several thousand dollars worth of gear. He's got to learn how to do it. Blah, blah, blah. He's got to carry it around, blah, blah, blah. And you, then you're saying, no, actually, I'm now you just, this was shot on an iPhone. And even more impressive to me is, and I edited it on my iPhone. You literally, you know, this becomes your entire studio and it's in the back pocket of your pants. And you can literally, if, in, in, if inspiration hits you on the waterfront in Seattle, boom, 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 post it, you're good. I'm not saying that they're better than DSLRs. I'm not. I'm What I am saying that these are is empowering to, to creators because they are so powerful. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. We're, we're going to get to, you know, let's remember the, the show's exploring Washington state. So we gotta be, we gotta be talking about Washington, but the, the creator thing is I think universal. It, it's, it, it doesn't matter where you are. And so I think it's, it's really a good thing to kind of unpack a little bit more. Um, you, like a lot of us during the pandemic, were able to spend some time, a great deal of time, uh, honing in on something of interest to you. You, you chose photography. Other people chose, you know, there's this guy who's making a million dollars a year now because he taught people how to bake bread during the pandemic. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, that was his thing, right? We all have our thing. This podcast got started during the, the pandemic. Um, all, all of these, these things that we all, in, in many ways, the pandemic was kind of like an opportunity for us to, to, to completely, by, by being shut down, we all got to, we were forced to slow down. And then we had to figure out new ways of keeping ourselves entertained and many people, you know, dove into the creative side of things. Um, prior to your photography, though, were you were you into hiking and all that? Was were, was that your kind of thing out when you weren't working the, the the day job? Were you were you are you an outdoors guy naturally? Um, to be honest, before photography, I didn't hike as much okay. um, because. Without that camera, I would. That's just me hiking up a mountain, and for me, that the the uh, the thought of that was too much for me. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do a hike, it's gonna be something that's attainable for me. That's a couple miles round trip. Um, you wouldn't find me doing um, like the uh, Mount Sai. Uh, I think the the big one. Mm -hmm. um, I would gravitate towards like Rattlesnake Ledge mm -hmm. or something something of that nature. Um, really, I only started when I picked up a camera. I was like, okay, I want to hike this because at the top, I know I see this view. Right. So that pushed me to hike more and more. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's actually, I could find that would motivate me more too, which is why I don't let myself take my camera out because then I'd have to exercise and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but not really. <laughs> so, you, you've talked about something that, and, and, and honestly, you almost said it in a, in a way that, um, I don't want to say you discounted it, but you, you wanted your own style. Like you said, people look through the viewfinder, they see their, everybody sees the, the, the scene differently through their viewfinder. And I agree with you on that. But you also said you wanted your own style so that somebody who saw a picture knew it was yours before they saw your, your name on it. That's not easy. That isn't something that a lot of photographers or artists in general are able to accomplish. And you kind of just threw it out there like that was your goal and and, and you, you've obtained that. So 
how, what did you focus on to get to this point? What, how did you, because like I said, let's just use Peter McKinnon, for example, in, in anybody that's listening to this hits looked at YouTube at all, probably seen Peter McKinnon, right? His work's amazing. I don't know that if I were looking at six photographs, I could pick out a Peter McKinnon from other quality photographs, nothing against Peter McKinnon. He's infinitely more successful uh, photographer than I will ever be. How did you, what did you focus on to, to get to this point in with your art? So it's a good question. I, I keep coming back to this. I think it, you know, it ties in with Washington state because I wanted to appreciate something about our state that few people do. And I think it's gotta be the moodiness and the rain and the weather that we have. We get a, we get a bad, we get a bad rep for it around the country and saying, Oh, Seattle, it always rains. Um, I'm, I'm happy for that because when it's raining, I am the happiest person on earth. I am, You'll find me out there shooting with my camera more often than not. Um, <laughs> and you won't find many people like that. Because when I'm no. out there shooting, it's, it'll just be me, and I, I love it. So okay. um, that's what really drove me to find my own style is, okay, how can I showcase this beauty of the PNW rather than the, the photos I always see, which is Mount Rainier and all of its sun and glory and okay but what about the misty woods of the olympic national park that don't get shown as often right so i really wanted to focus on focus in on that and um i ended up just checking the weather app every day and saying okay it's cloudy i'm gonna head out today i'm gonna hope for some rain hope for some early fog and really capture that mood and thankfully every time i did it most likely it would rain and I didn't see many people around me. So any composition I ever wanted was there without any crowds. So I, I kept doing that over and over again. And I slowly built up a catalog of moody landscape photos. Um, and I learned to edit it in a certain way to somewhat highlight a portion of the photograph that I, that I've appreciated, whether it was a flower coming up from the ground that was that had purple petals, right? But it was raining and mooding, moody mm -hmm. in the background. Um, I wanted that to be the focus of the picture. So that's what I kept doing and doing. And eventually people would message me and be like, hey, how did you edit it like this? Like, what do you do to bring out this, this darkness in the Pacific Northwest? And honestly, I was just like, just go out and shoot when it's raining and cloudy and you'll find the same conditions that I do. Um, and everyone goes, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and, and, and they go, no, not going to do it. <laughs> so that's, that's how I really built my style. And, and now people do say like, I can look at your photo and know that it's a, uh, a childish hurry. Sure. That's, that's my name on social media. Right. right? So, um, so I'm glad that I've, I built my style up for myself. And I think there is, there are pros and cons to that about building your own style because you have such pressure to keep the style consistent. But I think as an artist, you, you are always evolving and creating new styles and, mm -hmm. and growing as a photographer. And so slowly I've been thinking, okay, I do love my style and I'm forever going to keep that moody style, but I want to do 
something different. So that's just been something in the back of my mind that I've been thinking about. Well, I th- you know, you know, many famous artists, which obviously then implies even multitudes of non-famous artists have changed their styles through through their careers. You know, I mean, Picasso comes to mind. You know, the Cubist stuff, the Blue Period, all these things. You know, his work looked dramatically different as as he progressed through his career. So you should, as an artist, in my opinion, be free to express yourself as as the stages of your life unfold. So. I'm going to go backwards now. Bef- prior to Apple. So how are you a native Washingtonian? How long have you lived here? What brought you here if you're not native? So I, okay, well, we'll just rewind all the way back. So I was born in India. Okay. And when I was five, me and my parents moved to Arkansas, uh, which Sorry. is, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Um, Sorry which is that. quite different from Seattle and India. Yes. So we stayed there for about 10, 11 years till I was 16. Okay. And then we moved to Seattle. Um, then I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, finished high school, went through college at UW actually. Okay. And really I've been to Washington ever since. So since I was 16. So right now I'm, I'm, almost 32. Okay. So about 15 years I've been in Washington. Okay. So and I'm going to ask you, I yeah. got to ask you what I'm making fun of Arkansas is probably not fair, but that seems like an odd place for a family from India to, to move to the U S for, I mean, if you would have said Boston, New York, you know, the major metropolitan areas, why, why Arkansas? So Arkansas, the, the Northwest pocket of Arkansas, there's a city called Bentonville. Yep. And that is the headquarters of Walmart for the entire world. Yep. So a lot of Indian families actually migrated there because um, we got jobs as software engineers okay. or our software managers. And so my dad was one of those people. Okay. Um, so it was actually quite strange and comforting at the same time, because although we felt alone, we were surrounded by hundreds of Indian families. And so we would always, we would know everyone in the city, even though it was a very small city. So okay, so Walmart, it, it was it was a big thing. In other words, you know, it, it was yeah. one of those global corporations. Okay, and then you moved to Seattle. I'm gonna guess that Dad took a job with a different tech company of some form. He did. Yes. All right. Okay. That, okay. That journey now. <laughs> thank you for letting me connect those dots. Okay. Yeah. So you you went to high school in Seattle, and you went to the UW. What did you major in at the U? Um, I majored in business. Okay. So I went to Foster School of Business, yeah. Okay. And that's helped you with your photography career? <laughs> you know what, Scott? Um, it has not helped me with my photography. I'll be, I'll be very honest. Um, okay. I, ke- I keep telling my parents, like, if I would have known back then that I would have got into photography, maybe I would have saved you some money um, from paying uh, part of my college, and, and they laughed about it, but... Um, I'll, I'll say this, it allowed me to be more structured now okay. because I am more serious about taking it seriously as a business rather okay. than as just a hobby. So that I will say, like, I know how to manage my fin- finances and things like that. Okay. Um, but other than that, like it was, we talked well, about in the beginning, it was all self-taught. Yeah. But it is going to help you with the business of art. I mean, let's be Correct. real. 
it, the business yeah. of art is is something that a lot of people that are creatives struggle with. A lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know, very creative, very talented. And then they make decisions that impact their ability to be creative by, you know, just doing things that weren't, they're very ill-advised. Okay. So did you ever, okay, so this is, you know, one of the things when I think about the UW campus is I think of the, the cherry, the cherry trees when they blossom is just magnificent. Um, when you were walking around campus as a student, did, did that ever like, did that pique your curiosity that, that, cause those are beautiful. Those are, that's an iconic setting for a very brief period of time. Did that ever make you want to say, gosh, I do want to do, you know, is that, you see what I'm saying? Was that an early inspiration maybe, or, or were you just too busy with your headphones on and a backpack on chugging <laughs> to your next class? Um, more of the latter, honestly, but you know, what's funny is you, maybe you can experience this. You've come to the same place in different stages in your life and you see things differently. Mm -hmm. The same cherry blossom might just be something that you're rushing past towards class. And now when I visit, I'm just astonished and I pull out my phone and my camera and I try to find angles to take pictures. And so it's, it's interesting, different parts of your life. You notice the little things, you know, back then I didn't, I was like, Oh, there's so many people here. Why is this so crowded? And so I was just rushing the class. I'm going to be late to notice. class. Get out of my way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So let's, let's jump. So eight years with Apple and on the retail side. So for that, I'm truly sorry for you. Cause I mean, even though the uh, Apple stores are amazing, it's still retail and you still get people. And this is true. It's it wasn't scary at all to, to leave the safety of a, a steady paycheck to go independent. Was it no, no terror? No, uh, yeah, absolutely. No terror. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, like it, it's, it was a long time coming. So mm -hmm. a couple of years I had been already thinking about it, talking to my managers at Apple, talking to my parents, my wife. And so the decision should have been made a long time ago, but I was hesitant because like you said, it's, it's terrifying coming from, I know exactly how much I'm going to get every other week to, I know 0% of my income. What is it going to be? Is it going to be higher than what I was at Apple? Is it going to be lower? Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the uh, unpredictability sometimes of, of freelance photography. And to a certain extent, I, felt okay with that because it was still something that I loved so much and was passionate about. I would rather be doing that than well, spending in an Apple store, uh, selling, selling iPhones to someone or managing a group of people. Right. right. Um, which I, I loved in its own pocket, but yeah. this was something I was so passionate about. I was ready to take on all the uncertainty that came with it. Well, and you know, I don't know what you made at Apple for sake of conversation. Every two weeks you got paid X. Okay. Sure. Yeah. X. And it was stable. You knew you had good days. You had, you know, you had a slow Wednesday and you had a horrible Saturday. If you had to work weekends or your, your team that worked for you, somebody called in sick and you're scrambling or all these things that happen in a retail environment. Okay. But every two weeks X now as an independent, you're getting maybe X plus or a percentage of X. You don't know, but you're spending your time doing things that 
hopefully put that stupid grin on your face, you know, so you're like, you know, like I'm getting paid to do something I love doing. I think most people find that rewarding. And as long as they can keep the lights on and be comfortable, uh, even if it's less or more, it doesn't really matter. You're, 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 you're being creative. You're, you're, you're getting to live the passion that you have. So your business now, are you, how are you, you're a professional photographer. So that implies you sell things. What are you selling? Well, for a lack of a better word, I'm, I'm selling myself really like, um, I don't, Right now, I don't have any traditional products okay. that I'm selling. You know, I'm, I'm looking towards, you know, prints and things like that and okay. um, down the road. But right now, it's how can I help you as a brand promote mm -hmm. yourself through me? Mm -hmm. And so that's been my my biggest source of income, right? Okay. Um, so thankfully, over the past few years, as I've kind of leveled up and figured out what my style was, people have been reaching out to me um saying hey can you shoot this can you shoot that mm -hmm. not that i've had the time to do it but it was good knowing that those brands were willing to work with me right um so now that i have 24 7 to do exactly that it's it's been great um both learning how to reach out to brands which can be scary but also communicating with people that reach out to me and saying hey this is what i think i'm worth what mm -hmm. do you think and so that whole conversation has been really interesting to me. That's a, that's another one that creatives can suffer with is pricing their, their, their value. So what type of brands are you, have you been working with? What, what sort of product shoots are you doing and, and how does that work into your style of photography? So typically the brands that I, that I say yes to are uh, travel adventure, brands that align with my values. So brands that allow me to travel using their products seamlessly. I don't like to um, just throw products in people's faces on social right. media and be like, Hey, I'm promoting this. I'm promoting this. Right. Uh, give, me I don't, an example I don't one. give me an example of a brand you've worked with that, that kind of seamlessly went in. Yeah. So Danner boots has mm -hmm. been one that I was really proud to work with. I mean, I, I wore Danners before they reached out to me. So I was like, I already have a pair on my feet right now. So this is perfect okay. timing. Um, right. So Danner Boots is one of them. Uh, DJI is another one. Okay. Um, I didn't have a drone until 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. I didn't take it seriously until a couple of years ago. And so I really started to like explore, okay, I can take a completely different view of this, this world with this drone. And I took it to Iceland, um, last summer um, for my honeymoon with my wife. And that's when I really fell in love with using a drone. And I was like, okay, I have to, this has got to be a staple in all of my photos from now on. Okay. Um, so DJI is one of them. Okay. Uh, another one is I work with a lot of um, camper van companies. Um, they allow me to move, move around freely. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that's, I, I don't mind, honestly, staying in a van. Like, I'm not someone that's like, I have to have a hotel every night. Right. That's not me. I can stay in a camper van and sleep in there anytime. So uh, companies like Cabana, which is a, a local uh, camper van company that started here. Um, there's a couple of Iceland camper van companies that I've also worked with. So that's kind so, of the niche. So, yeah. Okay. 
once again, we're exploring Washington state, but I'm going to ask a question about another country, much less another state. <laughs> why, why Iceland? What was the, I mean, it's beautiful, but why, why Iceland? You know what? I, I had seen so many photos and videos of it as, as I've been on social media the past couple of years, and it's just seemed like a different world to me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to experience it for myself, uh, knowing like the type of photography that I take, it just looks so ethereal and moody. And uh, once I got there, I was like, I, I fell in love mm-hmm. and I've already been back another time since then. Um, so, and it reminded me a lot of the Pacific Northwest, which is why I was so drawn to it. Okay. Uh, I, I always call it the, the little brother of the PNW. Now they, um, they might object to that. I'm just going to, they, they probably will they probably, honestly. they might object to that one, but I, I see your <laughs> point, but they might object. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's exactly why I was drawn to it. I mean, it just reminded me so much of home. So you really like to work with, with brands that I, and I like the idea that you said that, you know, seamlessly fit into what you're doing. Uh, I, I'm going to try to pick some arbitrary big corporate brand that nobody really likes. Um, I don't know. Anything I say will be wrong here. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say Nike. Okay. Let's just say yeah. Nike. And, and, uh, and your camera fell when I said that. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Folks, you couldn't see this. I said Nike, this camera just dropped. It was like, I don't know. Maybe I scared him. So, you know, a large corporation like Nike comes to you and says, hey, we're looking for, you know, we want you to take some photos of our, our baseball cleats. That, that, I don't know, that doesn't seem like a seamless fit for you. I mean, no, you know, just maybe not, that's not the right direction for your, your focus. So I yeah. like the fact that you're, you seemingly are saying you're being conscious of the choices of who you affiliate yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, the hardest thing about being a creative is saying no saying no to work is really hard because you know that it will help you and it will increase your paycheck for that month. But is it worth it? Is it going to align with your values? What is your audience going to think? Right. Like, so let's say, let's say it was Nike and they reached out and they said, Hey, we have some Nike trail shoes that we want you to partner with. I'm like, okay, that more closely aligns. Baseball cleats, not a, not, not a, not a good fit for your your focus yeah yeah okay all right so i got i I, I warned you that this would be all over the place so i want to come back to from a technical aspect um you let's say you're using danner boots let's just use can we maybe use them as an example for my question okay so danner boots hires you to do some content creation for them and you're taking out you mentioned earlier you use canon gear um so let's just say sake of this conversation you're using your canon gear you're out there you're, you're doing the shoot and all that when it comes to post-processing and editing what are you what tools do you use to edit your photos i know you said you did everything on the iphone before but i have a feeling your your canon work might not be all edited on an iphone you're probably sitting in front of some apple product I'm just curious what you're using. So I mainly use Adobe um, Lightroom, Adobe Photoshop, 
um, when I edit my photos. Mm-hmm. And when I take videos on my Canon, I tend to use either uh, Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro, or recently I've been dabbling with uh, DaVinci um, a lot. Um, <laughs> so I'm still kind of, I'm still stuck between like, which one to use, but that's, those are the main apps that I edit with. And that's a whole other, if you, like you said, you went to the university of YouTube. Um, that seems to be an ongoing, uh, debate right now. The, those two platforms. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. So let me ask you, so what's your initial thoughts on DaVinci? You know what? DaVinci is, if I'll, I'll say this, if you really want to learn color grading, that is the app for you because the, amount of tools you get, um, the way you can simply manipulate your video into something that of your own vision. Mm-hmm. I think DaVinci has probably the best tools out there. Okay. Uh, I've noticed that Premiere is creeping up with more and more updates. They're getting closer and closer to what I would imagine is like the ideal app. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest to use, I think, is Premiere. The most intuitive, like if you are a beginner, um okay. video editor like i would probably jump into to premiere you'd go with premiere okay yeah i don't i don't know that there's a a, a right or wrong answer to that question but you know what i mean there's plenty of people that would say they're using final cut you know plenty of people yeah. are using iMovie. some some of the stuff i've seen from iMovie is like wow that's pretty cool you were able to do that in iMovie, which is or you know um I've always found Premiere to be um, frustrating, personally. How's that? I'll just say, mm. I don't speak Premiere. It just doesn't work for me. And I haven't found a, a video editing app that makes sense to me anyway. So I I, don't, I, I save myself the aggravation. I don't go there anymore. Okay. When you're out, if somebody were to, quote, unquote, call you up and say, hey, Harish, we want you to take our product Here's our product. It's a good fit for you. I don't care what it is. You can you can pick what that is. We want you to t- take our product out, and we want s- images of our our product in Washington State. Where are some go to places for you for that type of scenario? For me, I would say I frequent the Olympic National Park a lot. Yeah. I mean, the majority of my posts are probably from that park um so specifically lake crescent is a huge uh huge love of mine um on all the areas surrounding it so there are a lot of waterfalls like mary mirror falls is a great one very family accessible very easy mm-hmm. um gold duck falls is also right there i think 15 20 minutes from there um also another easy hike um and it's it's quite interesting how we take it for granted, but that hike is very easy. But the view that you get at the end is just astonishing. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like we deserve it after that hike. Um, so I always tell people like you have to have to see that that uh, that view. Um, so that little pocket right there, like within 20, 30 minutes, is has so many things to. Okay. Um, just to take in whether he's shooting brand photography or not like yeah okay so you're you're a fan of the olympic national uh, big fan okay so i'm gonna ask you something i'm gonna put you on the spot and it's a negative question so i'm gonna ask you to make a negative statement here which okay you know how well those go over these days 
in your opinion, give me an example of an overdone area of, for photography. You mentioned you, you mentioned Rainier, and you know, gotta be careful what we say about Rainier because it's you know, it's it's not <laughs> Rainier. But where do you think has been overdone? Or maybe, I'll let you off the hook a little bit here, but maybe overdone because people, they rushed. Is it is it Cary Park in Seattle that's got the view of Seattle? I mean, it seems like yes. everybody rushes to that one spot, stands on the X, puts their camera into this mode, pushes the button and goes, look, Seattle. I don't see a lot of creativity from that particular viewpoint. Do you have any other ones that you would say is, you know, people just don't? You know, I, that's a tough question. Um, first thing that comes to mind is something like Rattlesnake Ledge. Okay. I have seen a lot of people in uh, varying levels of photography go there and have the same picture from the top. And I'm just like, okay, enough is enough. Like right. we, we've all seen rattlesnake or when I see another elopement photographer go up there and take pictures, I'm like, you, you can do a little bit better than, than rattlesnake. Um, I understand that maybe hiking in a dress and a suit is easier at rattlesnake than it is at other locations. Right. So that could be a, you know, a reason. Um, but yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so I'll give I'll give you a couple more that that I think are uh, overdone. Sure. Uh, a the Space Needle. Yes. Uh, Pike Place Market. Yeah. You know the big sign. They're beautiful. I mean, these are not bad locations. I am not disrespecting. I'll get somebody will say something bad about me, but you know, I'm not disrespecting <laughs> the Space Needle or, or Pike Place Market. It's just it's been done so much. It's hard to unless there's a weather incident. Like lightning hitting the space needles. Oh, if you capture that, that's very cool. But if it's a if it's a Saturday afternoon and it's seventy two degrees and sunny out, that shot's been done ad nauseum. Another one. <laughs> and, and have you ever gone out to Palouse Falls in Eastern Washington? I have okay. just once though. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. But a lot of the photographs in, in, that get captured there are remarkably the same exact shot. Yeah. And. I like to see, you know, don't get me wrong. There's, these are all beautiful places to go and see in Washington state, but I do feel like it's almost like there's a, a lineup and you're like a photographer stand here, use these settings, click <laughs> post tag this, you'll get viewed. And it just seems very formulaic yeah. to me. Those are, those are locations that I think are, uh, that come to mind when I think are overdone of our state. Because there are so many beautiful places in the state to, to experience. I'll, and that's one of the things. I get the feeling you're kind of a, a a west side person more than than traveling over to the east side of the state, which is radically different. Because you like you like the moody, dare I say, dreary, rainy stuff. In Eastern Washington, we don't have that. Um, right. But you know, you think about it. Um, four hours from where you are in Seattle right now, not taking into account traffic. Uh, you could be at Rainier. You could be at the Pacific yeah. Ocean. You could be in Canada. You could be in Eastern Washington in a myriad of places. I mean, you, you know, it's foreseeable in a twelve-hour day, not taking into account traffic, 
you could drive four hours, work for four hours, drive back for four hours and have radically different images every time you did that. So that's kind of cool. What haven't you experienced here yet behind the lens that you want to? Specifically in Washington, there are parts of central South Washington that I would love to experience more of. There are a couple of waterfalls and forests kind of on the border of Oregon and Washington. I think, um, uh, what is the name of the forest? It might be Gifford Pinchot Mm -hmm. National Forest, I believe is crossing both the borders. And I've only been there once and it was on the way to Oregon. And the, I can still remember it. We were driving there in November, me and a friend and it was raining and then it started snowing. And I was just like, this is amazing. I I have to come back. We were on a rush to get to a certain place by sunrise, but so ever since then, I haven't gone back, but that, that area of Washington is so beautiful. There's Mm -hmm. so many waterfalls that I've only either visited once or I've never been to. Um, So I would, I would love to do a road trip around there. Yeah. The Columbia Gorge, I mean, the, the Oregon side of the Columbia Gorge gets a lot of press, but the Washington side of the Columbia Gorge has got a ton of a things to do. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you want to hike, you want to climb all those things. Um, but visually you've got just, you know, it's a target rich environment. Let's just put it that way. I mean, you could, yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Where else, where else, uh, have you been up to, um, well, you go to the Olympic national forest, but what do you, do you ever go out to like Port Townsend? Do you ever, do you ever go up? Because that's a, a town that a, I think has got great architecture. I love, I love the look of downtown Port Port Townsend and it gets interesting weather because of where it's located. So you can get kind of moody there. Uh, you been up there. Have you done Fort Warden or anything like that? The, so the, I have been North of the Olympic national park. I've been to Cape Flattery, Mm -hmm. yeah, which is, I guess as North as you can go North, most Northwestern point in the U S Port Townsend. I feel like I passed through it. I have not, stopped yeah. in port townsend but but you're right there's a there are a lot of places around there that i yeah. need to explore more um i'm very familiar with the coast the washington mm-hmm. coast but i still feel like the southern portion of washington coast i'm not as familiar with okay um oregon coast very familiar but <laughs> southern southern washington coast uh, that might be my next trip because okay. I've done a lot of Rialto, La Push, Second Beach, those type of things, mm-hmm. but those get more press than um, than the other part of Washington. So, so does your wife go along with you when you're on these trips? By the way, for most of them, she does. Yeah. Um, especially when I was at Apple and we would only go on the weekends, she would be um, have more time as well. So we would take a day trip or overnight stay at a, a cabin or something. And, mm-hmm. um, she, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of background into my wife and I, but we met because of photography. Okay. Um, this was in 2020 during the pandemic. She, we had a mutual friend through Instagram and, um, that friend posted my account on her Instagram was like, Hey, check this photographer out. He's pretty cool. And so my wife messaged me, uh, back then a stranger to me. And she was like, Hey dude, 
great photography. I love your feed. And I was like, Hey, I was like, thank you so much. And we started messaging from there on Instagram and uh, we started FaceTiming from there and we started dating from there as well. And a couple months later, I proposed wow. in uh, New York city on top of the Rockefeller building. Okay. That's where she lived. And the rest is history. So we got married um, a year and a half later, 2022. Um, but photography was literally the first thing that, that brought us together. So That's ever cool since story. then, yeah, ever since then, she's come on all my adventures and okay. she's grown to love this area of the, of the U.S., even though she still likes sunny days more than rainy days. And I, well, most of us I'm do. I got to be honest with you, man. You're, you're yeah, in the minority here. You're, you're really kind of a, <laughs> yeah, most of us don't see the world the same way you do, which might help with your style, by the way. All right. And maybe we uh, want to vicariously have a rainy day through photography. There you go. Versus the the actual experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So I got I to gotta ask you, these are kind of non-photography questions here. We're going to shift gears again. Um, I noticed you're drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee. I ask everybody this question. Where's a great place to get coffee? And since you're in the Seattle area, I mean, that's like I've just lobbed you a softball. But... Where do you like to go for coffee in the Seattle area? Well, I'll, I'll give you two places that are my favorite. So number one is it's called Venture Coffee. Um, huh? It is it's in Ballard. Huh? Um, small little coffee shop. Um, my wife and I lived in Ballard for a year and we used to walk slash drive there um, a ton almost every day. And they had this latte called the Maple Bourbon Latte. All right. Which doesn't have bourbon in it, but it's just a maple bourbon latte. And um, we were obsessed with it. So, hands down, she would say the same thing. That's our favorite coffee shop. Okay. Uh, now we live in more proper Seattle. So, uh, Cherry Street Coffee is okay. um, a favorite of mine right now. Um, I think there's a couple of locations in Seattle, but that's my. That's, that's my favorite coffee. So shop what's your here. what's your go-to drink when you go there? Go-to drink there. It's called uh Milky Way. Um huh. I'm I have a very big sweet tooth. So I'm anything that. that is just anything that is just loaded with chalk syrup and, and whatnot, I'm I'm there. So I think that has a lot of caramel and other chocolate things in it. Okay. Um, All right. So I'm a big fan. You're a big fan. All right. Yeah, those are I've not tried either of those two. And of course, you know. As much coffee as I drink, it's impossible to try, you know, all the coffee shops, although I have yeah. made it made a big effort of doing that. And then, unfortunately, you know, I like a shop. Next time I come back, it's not there anymore. And there's 27 other new ones I have to try, which gives a little, you know, it's, I, I, it's <laughs> my work is never done. Um, yeah, poor me. I'm going to come over to Seattle. It's going to be lunchtime. I'm going to want to grab something to eat. Where are you recommending I go for lunch these days? That's a good question. Well, I guess it depends on what you like, but personally, no, no, your recommendation, it doesn't matter what I I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I love Thai food quite a bit. So there is this place called mantra. Okay. Thai, um, which is just down the street from where I live, but it is, uh, 
it just has the right amount of spice and and flavor to it that doesn't make you want to just drink a ton of water and milk to get rid of the spice, but just the right amount that has a kick to it. Mm-hmm. And so we've we frequented that quite a bit, and it's it's made it to our top of our list. Okay. Um, in Seattle, so that, and then I'll give you, um, one more. Um, my my parents don't live in the state anymore, so I'm always craving authentic Indian food. Okay. So there's this restaurant called Mother India, uh, in Seattle. Okay. They have amazing biryani so that uh is probably something i'll order probably once a week and just because i i miss my mom's cooking so much and so i i think of her i think of that food i'm like okay i have to get it so 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 here's the thing i mean all right i grew up in a household where my mother didn't cook so missing my mom's cooking is missing going to the restaurant i grew up in as a child um (laughs) When people say they miss the flavors of home, wherever home may be, whether it be, you know, Seattle or Arkansas or Iceland, it doesn't matter. When you find a place of a restaurant that kind of reminds you of, of that, of, of your family's cooking style, if you will, that's interesting. So I know very little about Indian food. What I've had, I've enjoyed. I don't, but I don't have a... a my palate of Indian food is probably about like saying, Oh, I, I like hamburgers. I ate at McDonald's. It's, it's not, it's not very educated. What makes that place authentic to you? What, what is it that's different than say any other, you know, like when I see it, when I see Indian restaurants, like there's, there's one in Tacoma I'm thinking of that, you know, they run a buffet. So it's really popular because it's a buffet. Hey, it's X dollars. You can eat all you want. I don't necessarily think of buffets as being good food. So what makes this place authentic for you versus say any other Indian restaurant kind of that's been just commercialized? Well, I would say that they're, they're not afraid to be authentic in a way that they will throw together spices and flavors that you wouldn't think work together, Mm -hmm. but they do and they taste amazing um and they they give you a huge portion every single time which i always appreciate from restaurants uh not skimping out on 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 food right and and uh, it's a very affordable place as well so that um, that plays a huge factor into it so they gave a lot of food they're affordable tastes great Mm -hmm. i couldn't ask for more from a restaurant and it always from always reminds me of home when I'm eating it. It's like I'm back in my mom's kitchen okay, uh, or I'm, I'm back in, in India. Just so what's um, the best dish your mom makes? What's your mom's signature dish to you? Like you're going home, you're going to go visit your parents. Mom's agreed to cook anything you want. What's it going to be? She makes this uh, okra fry, which is just delicious. I mean, uh, I'm not too certain what kind of spices she puts into it, but uh, it has, I would imagine, a good amount of, um, I'm not sure what the spice is called, but some some, some sort of chili in okay. it. Um, but she, she fries the okra um, just right so it's not 
completely black, but a little bit. Uh -huh. um, so you can see the the green and the black, and then we mix it with rice, and um, just amazing. So that's probably the best thing she makes amongst many things. Okay, but that's your that's what that's you, my personal that's favorite. Your first, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. That's so that's kind of you know it's always fun to to listen to people when they you know they they reminisce about what what they like you know and everybody's yeah. family's got a different uh different dynamic you know it's it, my dad made a uh, pasta salad that before he passed away my my daughter uh worked really hard to recreate you know it's a very simple salad i mean it's just it's just the ingredients are just a handful of ingredients there's but it was the way my dad made it that was always uh mm. he would like after I had left home and, you know, moved out and, you know, I mean, he would bring me, you know, oh, I made you a pasta salad. I was like, oh, this is great. And, you know, even when I was trying to not eat carbs, I was like, that's out the window. We're eating this thing, you know, and um, <laughs> that's my, my family memory is like that. And so, but everybody's, you know, something as simple as a pasta salad, everybody's got these cool things. Earlier on, we're going to bounce back to your, your, your folks, though, because this is a question. So earlier on, so you, you went to the UW, you majored in business. Um, and then, you know, now you're, now you're in, well, in the, we'll call it the arts, okay? You're yeah. Non-corporate. Yep. And you said your parents were supportive. Yes. What was that like when you kind of had that first conversation with them? Like, you know, gee, mom, gee, dad, I think I want to be a full-time artist. I mean, that's a, for every family, that's a, we want our kids to be happy. We want our kids to succeed. That's out of left field to somebody who'd gone to business school. So what was it like? What was that conversation like? You know what? It... I think I was more nervous than my parents were, which is funny because they, I think they've grown to know me as someone that if I make a decision, that means I've thought about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, like they've seen my photography for the last six, seven years. So they, they had an inkling of a feeling that someday this would happen. They just didn't know when. So they were prepared for it mentally. Um, so when I sprung it on them, they, they didn't have much, they weren't surprised. Right. Okay. Uh, so they, they were very supportive from the start. I think I told them in 2022, like early 2022. And um, they were just like, why didn't you do it sooner? Wow. And I was like, that's why I love you guys. See, and that's so awesome. When, when, when your your support network, if you will, parents, spouses, friends, a lot of people don't get it, man. A lot of people, like I remember like my grandfather wanted me to stay in a union job to save 10% of my pay because that's what he did and it worked for him. And so when I stopped that type of work, I just remember him going, I don't understand. I just don't get it. I go, well, I want to be self-employed. No. Why are you giving up the security, the benefits and all this? Because I go, it's, it's, deadening to me it was it was not a i was not a happy person so having your 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 parents supports that's got to be just like super awesome yeah it's it's amazing and i think um 
my little brother has been really supportive. I only have one sibling. Okay. And he's uh, six years younger than me, mm-hmm. but infinitely more successful in his, in his career already. And uh, thankful oh, but- for that. He's a, I, you know, it's funny. He's a big brother. I look up to him, which is, which is awesome. And so he's been really supportive and been like, Hey, Harish, like anything you need from me, like I'm here for you. Like what's your brother do? What's his career path? So he is a, um, uh, software manager, software engineer. Um, so right now he's, he's more managing people. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and is uh, he in the Seattle area? He is, he's about to move to New York city in a month. Um, he, he got a, a big job at, um, New York times recently. So as a software engineer, so I'm very excited for him. You don't think of newspapers as having software engineers. I I didn't either. And apparently they need them. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, as it moves online, it doesn't make sense, but that's cool. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, he's he's been great support. My family's been great support. Awesome. My wife, obviously, and so it's been a good transition in that sense, okay. not having to really worry about that. So, in the first six seven months of doing this full time, we'll wrap this up. So, what's been? I'm going to ask you, what's been the two biggest surprises that you've had so far? Number one, positive, like like, wow, this was not expected in a good way. And the, uh, the alternate of that is, oh, I didn't see that one coming. So what, so in the first six months, what sort of, you know, ahas have you had? I would say what I thought would be the best part about being freelance is having all the time in the world, but that can be, uh, you can have the opposite effect because I, some, someone that uh, has relished having some sort of structure in my life, mm-hmm. uh, working at Apple for so long. And now that I have absolutely no structure or didn't at the beginning when I started freelance, I was like, okay, I have all day to go shoot and blah, 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 and edit and post. And I was like, then I was like, wait a second. I ended up doing things that really didn't help me. You know, I would go to do, I would um, spend my money on another lens that I didn't need or go somewhere else to shoot where I need to focus on this instead. Right. So quickly I realized like the best part about it is also exactly that in another sense, like I have all this time and I could really focus in on, okay, I'm going to work on my video editing and now I have all the time in the world to do just that. So I right. really focused in on using Premiere Pro and DaVinci and, and now I've gotten so much better at it in the last six, seven months. And I can take on more clients that ask for that type of stuff. Right. Right. And so that, that privilege I didn't have before having only two days off a week. So both pros and cons of having yeah, this much time. Similar. I've heard, I've heard, and I understand that all too well myself. All right. So a yeah. couple last questions. Number one, what didn't I ask you that I should have? Hmm. This is the lazy man's way out to make sure that, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, um, I get a lot of questions through people that message me and ask me like, I had a lot of my audience 
you know, I, I get insights, demographics and things like that. They're Instagram and, and TikTok. And a lot of them are from India, actually. Interesting. And so a lot of them mess me like, hey, you are uh, someone that I look up to in terms of someone that looks like me or right. sounds like me. Mm-hmm. And they ask me, like, how can I become a photographer like you? And and they assume that it's it takes a huge amount of work or it, you have to have this many followers. And the same message to all of them is whatever camera you have right now, just go out and shoot and create content, share it to the world, because you never know mm-hmm. which one people will resonate with you. That's the beauty of social media. You can go viral overnight, mm-hmm. over a couple of days, just because the way the world, the way you see the world is so special and is unique to everyone else that you just have to post it and believe in yourself. And that's the first step instead of always. I like to call it like I was always on YouTube saying, oh, I got to emulate this person or I, my style has to be like this person. No, it just has to be exactly like you. And that's what makes you unique. Right. So that's that's what I tell people when they say, like, how do I do photography full time? Mm-hmm. That's that's where that's how I got where I am is just by believing in what editing style I have and how I look at the world. So okay. um, that's what I tell people. Well, that's, I mean, you're, you're spot on. So I do have one last question. I didn't ask you childish Harish. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> so when I first made the account, it had one meaning. So I must've made the account 2014, 2015. I was a huge fan of childish Gambino. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's an artist, uh, yep. a hip hop musician. Uh, his real name is Donald Glover. You probably heard of him. Yep. Um, so I was like, okay, this is cool. Let me just take part of his name and put my name on it. So childish Rish. And then I realized, like, it's actually quite a fitting name because I'm childish in the best way. Like, I am. I'm always. A, I'm a kid at heart. I, I love chocolate. I just like. It's all the sweet things in life. I like having fun and just laughing and just taking life as it comes. Mm-hmm. And my wife always says that, like, you're always so, um, so happy. Like, even when there's like nothing going on, like I just go out in nature and I can just be happy and not really think about like, oh, I have this, this bill due next week or something. Like I just kind of focus in on like what makes me happy that day. And um, so that, Kind of reminded me like, oh, I can, I can be childish in a good way. And so that, that name had a new reason, had a new meaning. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, look at kids. I mean, they're innately curious. They're not afraid to ask questions. And as we grow up, we become less inclined to want to ask that question for fear of, you know, somebody's going to, what do you mean you don't know that? Why are you asking? You know, I mean, we're always (laughs) afraid of that feedback. Kids, I, I think it's a great handle. So, where can people? So, give you a chance here. Where can people find your work, and where do you recommend that they go and you know find you online? So the the best place to find my work is uh, both on Instagram at childish Sharish and TikTok. I started in 2020, and uh, that is through the PNW. So T H R O U G H the PNW. Okay. Um, I, I absolutely love what TikTok has done for creators and 
and for me since 20 since 2020 so a lot of my work is on there very similar to what is on instagram but um i think even more short form videos on there and so yeah to those two places you can find me um fingers crossed 2023 is the year of youtube for me so okay. hopefully i get get on that platform and create more uh storytelling more videos about myself and how i uh how i shoot and things like that and um more long form so more long form okay yeah we'll put links to those already on the in the show notes all right we're going to wrap it up last question final question maybe the most important question i've asked <laughs> you today cake or pie and why ooh that's tough i have to say cake because i i'm a huge birthday person i love birthdays and birthday cake i think is one of the best flavors ever even when it's in something else like birthday cake pops like lollipops or mm-hmm. birthday cake uh, milkshakes i've had tons of birthday cake flavors and so cake in general i cake, love it cake is it okay well yep. There's no wrong answer there, by the way. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, it, 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 what's fun is every time I ask that question and I stole that question from another show. I mean, I was, I was interviewing this guest and in uh, the backstory here is that you interviewed this guest and the, the connection died and the whole episode was lost. But during this conversation, she said, this is a question we asked our guests and I'm just like shamelessly just claimed it. It's mine because what's funny is it's a very simple question, cake or pie and why? And then the looks on people's faces almost always like, oh, oh God. like, you know, I, I've asked them, you know, Republican or Democrat or, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, you know, it's just, it's, there's no wrong answer here. There is, there, your, your reason is your reason. There's no wrong answer. And people, some people are very quick to say X, Y, doesn't matter. And then some people are like, I don't know that they've answered the question and it's been weeks since I've talked to them. I, I think they're still <laughs> up at night going, I don't know. Is it cake or is it pie? And it's, it's kind of fun. Um, and I don't want you to ask me the question. Cause honestly, I don't know my answer either. So it's like, it's like, I like, um, so a, you know, cake, birthday cake. Cool. You like to take photography with a, an, an element in it that isn't, that works and you've stylized it to your, to your view of the world. I think that's, that's awesome. And congratulations on making the jump. Um, there's nothing Thank wrong you. with corporate America, not saying that, but it can be terrifying for somebody and it doesn't always work. I mean, if it did, everyone would eventually just jump and, and you know, and then, and then the apples of the world wouldn't have people working there. I mean, cause we'd all be independent, course there wouldn't be iphones for us to work with and so that'd be sad so (laughs) but no i mean it it is terrifying for for and it should be terrifying frankly i don't think it should be but i think it's important that whether you succeed or fail at it and not you this is just the royal person royal you if you if you think you want to do something whether it be photography or let's just say pottery, you want to be, you want to create, you want to do pottery and you jump and you fail. I think that's better than not jumping and not knowing. So 
kudos to you for taking the jump. I wish you all the best success. And I, uh, I've enjoyed sitting here talking to you today. And uh, you got anything to say? I would say uh, just follow your passions. Don't be afraid to take that jump, like you said. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me on Twitter at Explore Law State. I'd love to hear your comments. You can also visit our website at explorewashingtonstate.com. If you know anyone who would like the show, it'd be amazing if you'd share the show with them. This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today, and I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.